Whispers, the late George Michael, bringing you the theme song to this show. I don't know how many times I've heard the first 30 seconds of, of that saxophone solo uh, now that we've been doing this show. Mr. Calvin Chamberlain, my co-host, my name is Matt Rory, by the way. How many times do you think we've heard it? Uh, so I would guess we've done about 200 shows now, right? It's got to be a person <laughs> that number. So I'm, gotta be I'm getting up there. Just adding on to like failed restarts that we've done and like times. We've, sure. I would I would I would guess around 250. That'd be the guess. Yeah, I think that's a, probably a pretty good over under. I, I I would probably go under, but not by much. It's got to be right there, right right around there. And of course, we don't play the whole song. We've never played the whole song. Maybe one day we will. Maybe for our 500th episode, we'll play the whole song. And then go away. That'll be it. Rory, that that song's just as good as it was the first half, as far as I'm concerned. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. I know you don't actually like that song, which is part of the reason why I enjoy having it as our song. No, I do. I like the song. It's a it's a wonderful saxophone solo. I I like the saxophone, and I think the sexy sax man on YouTube was a very nice parody of it. Um. But uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll rebrand ourselves one day. What do you think? Well, like a new song, a new name. New song, Start new name. Start. Make it relevant. Make make people want to listen to us. Like put an effort. Are you are you saying we're gonna be a show that's not <laughs> putting an effort? Because that's against our nature, really. That's not what we do here on shows. I'm just saying. Everybody else is embracing the the modern world. They're they're getting their podcast on Spotify. They're they're. Uh, you know, becoming uh, actual podcasters now that we're turning into CLNS Media. And we're, what are we? We're, we're going to be left here with Blog Talk Radio? I don't know. What, well, what if we try? What if we start putting effort in effort, and then we find we can't cut it? Our podcast uh. is not good. Yeah, it's just not good enough. Right now, mm-hmm. we, we don't know. Now now we, we only have ourselves to blame, you know, our, right. our laziness to blame. I don't want it to be my incompetence is the reason why we're not good. All right, well, we'll just uh, keep doing what we're doing then. All right, we'll play it by ear. Hey, look, look, you you want to you want to start putting an effort on this thing? I'm down. I'm I'm, I'm just kidding around when I said I wasn't, but uh, we, can, we can talk about that later, maybe. We have a show to do right now. That's right, we do have a show to do. I just like throwing things at you randomly like that. Um, and if if uh, Nick Jelso ends up listening to this little segment here, then I'll tell him that he should pay us for this because. We're the best, and mo- we're the longest-running show on this network. 
Don't you forget it. Don't you forget it yeah. out there. Don't you forget it. I mean, we don't we don't get the promotion that anyone else does on this network, but you know what? We probably don't deserve it, so I'm not mad about it. Yeah, that's probably that's probably true. Um, Calvin, another side note before we actually get into what we want to talk about tonight. I don't want to deter us too much because we do have a short show. Did you re- know that Twitter has given everybody 280 characters as opposed to 140? I did hear that. You did, I did hear, hear that. that. What should my first tweet be with 280 Maybe characters? Should, should be about this careless whispers. Maybe you can get a, you can get into twice as much detail now about what we're going to talk about tonight. Talk a little bit about the Celtics surprise topic, the Boston Celtics tonight. Maybe you don't get into that a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to say 280 characters isn't enough to hold what we have in store. And that's not 280 characters. It's probably not even 140. And I'm not even going to put an exclamation point. I'm going to just send it out. That's how I'm going to use my first 280 character tweet. Done. Nice. Uh, Now, let's get into our our topics because now that I've tweeted it out to uh, my – 489 followers we are going to have a, a million listens and they're all going to listen right now so let's actually talk about something Rory, you were at 200 and something last time you uh named the amount of followers you had so you really uh you're well, coming up in the world th- me... there's, there's no guarantee that these followers are real we all we all know that so who knows who these people are but i will say that recently a verified person followed me for some reason his name is rodney salisbury and uh, he's a voiceover actor, singer, author, and host of Success Talks podcast. Maybe we should have him on. I'm down. We we don't usually have guests, uh, but uh, I'm I'm for embracing a guest as long as I don't have to read, do any research. As long as I don't have to learn anything about him, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> in any case, right? We are going to start. Uh. We're going to start tonight with some Celtics talk. Uh, you said that the founder of the network, Chelsea, might be on, and I just not looking good for that, it seems. So we'll, I guess not. We just, yeah, we can just start talking about it ourselves. He goes to bed right about now anyway, right? Unless the Celtics are on. Yeah, unless the Celtics are on, I think so, at 9.30 or he so. He's usually his, his bedtime. Or he's, like, falling asleep. He's had a little too too much of his, uh, you know, long day. <laughs> you want to? I like how you started throwing him under the bus, and then you just – managed to pull back from the ledge right at the last <laughs> So, Ray, your Celtics, they have the best record in the East right now. You know, I think they're tied for the best record in the league, right? What is – they have the uh, – let me see, second best point differential, I believe, in the NBA behind – only behind yeah, the Warriors. Right. Yep, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. They do actually have the best record in the NBA. You're the only team right. with two losses. They lost their first two games. You know, all seemed lost. Gordon Haywood got hurt. We talked about that already. We we had no idea how good this team might be. All of a sudden, they won nine in a row. How are you feeling right now? First team ever to lose their first two and then win eight in a row after that, which is another weird stat that's come out of this stuff. Um, I feel like my second 280-character tweet should be to Ty Ray to say, hey, how do you feel about Kyrie Irving now? Because, wow, this this guy, I, this, I don't want to be, um, you know, the cliche take man here, but 
Kyrie Irving is so much better than Isaiah Thomas. It's not even close. And I, we knew this, and I, I said this a few weeks ago, even though I, I wasn't big on Kyrie's game for the last few years since he's coming to the league, I think he's better than Isaiah Thomas. And just seeing him every game for 11 games, it's clear. It's so very clear. He just makes the game look easier. He's a bigger player. That's not a knock on Isaiah Thomas. No matter how many times somebody tells you that like, Kyrie Irving is better than Isaiah, that doesn't mean Isaiah is a bad player or anything like that. He's, he's still an all-star caliber player. I expect him to bounce back fully and be the scorer that he was for Cleveland. And it, it's just a, a fact that Kyrie Irving is a better player than Isaiah Thomas. So if there's anybody out there still hanging on to that, hanging on to Isaiah, wishing he was here, wishing he was healthy, <coughs> Ty Ray, Ty Ray, excuse me. Uh, if there's anyone out there of the 20 people that listen to us weekly that really is worried about Isaiah Thomas not being on the Celtics, please just watch, watch it. Watch Kyrie for the whole game. Don't look, don't watch it at anybody else when he's on the floor. Just watch him. Tell me how you feel because he may, just makes it look so much easier than Isaiah. And it's because he's bigger, he's a better player. It's just a, a fact of the league. That's the way it goes. But that's not anything against Isaiah Thomas. So I just want to squash that before anybody starts talking about anything else. Because I think that the Kyrie factor has come to Boston. This, and he's, he's putting the Celtics in a position that they didn't look like they were going to be in after losing Gordon Hayward in the first game. Bruce, you said that Kyrie is so much better than Isaiah. And while I, I do agree with you, I wonder how much of that is aesthetics. I was actually, it's funny that you're, you're mentioning this now, now because I was thinking about this last night in terms of watching, I don't know if you saw the game last night. Uh, I assume you did. I did the post game. Uh, just like, be, because Kyrie, and, and, you know, I've been critical a little bit of Kyrie at times this season, just, just because, you know, over dribbling and things like that, that, not necessarily saying that he's, you know, not better than Isaiah, or not that I even disagree with you because I do, but I, I'm just, I guess I'm wondering, like, how much of that is biased based on the fact that Kyrie's style just makes it seem so much easier than uh, Isaiah Thomas's style because he's, like you said, you know, he's, what is he, like seven inches taller? Uh, he's, you know, just as fast, except he's got that handle or the the ball just never seems to leave his hand. Everything he does seems effortless. He, or, you know, incre- even his incredibly difficult shots that he takes, which he takes plenty of and will hit or miss, it still doesn't really seem like he's trying that hard. He's just sort of yo-yoing around out there, you know, throwing up wild and crazy. Sh- you, like, if anything, you right. criticize the decision-making aspect of it rather than the degree of difficulty. So what, what I'm asking you is, is like, how much of that is just Kyrie's style just makes the game look easy? Because when you look at, like, their actual results, like, they're not that far apart in, in terms of that. So yeah, when you're looking at field goal percentage and things like that, yes, it, it, yeah. it, does, it, it does seem as though they're pretty close. And I think a lot of that, especially the last year and a half, is because Isaiah was, was getting – he was being placed in spots and he was getting himself in spots that got him to the free throw line – and got him open looks at times. And while, of course, free throw percentage doesn't factor into the field goal percentage, uh, I, I still 
attribute a little bit of that to the system. I'm going to be interested to see uh, for the last like, three or four months of the season what Isaiah's field goal percentage actually is when playing alongside LeBron James. I, I'm just I'm curious about that. As far as uh, I, Kyrie Irving in the Celtics system is concerned, yeah, he's, his field goal percentage may be similar to that of Isaiah's, but it just it's just the look of it. It just looks like he can – like I don't think that Isaiah Thomas would be able to dribble through three Hawks defenders like Kyrie Irving did last night and get to the ring – or get to the rim and throw that ball in right past Dwayne Dedman, who's a big – Guy. I mean, I feel like something would have gone wrong for Isaiah. He would have either gotten to the free throw line and gotten fouled, something like that. He would have tried to draw a foul and maybe missed the layup. But Kyrie Irving just skirted right through those guys. And I just I, – I think that his size and, and his his talent level is, is better than Isaiah's. And that seems to be that, – that, that seems to make the Celtics better than what they were last year. And even without Gordon Hayward, what we've seen over the past nine games, even though they haven't played the, the toughest of competition, they've had a few tough teams in there that they've beaten, notably Oklahoma City. Uh, it just it's, it seems as though they're, they're still just as good as they were last year, if not better. And I think a lot of that has to be attributed to Kyrie Irving and just doing what the coaches ask of him. And just playing defense. He never, people criticized him for not playing defense in the past. Now he's playing defense and it's just something that he is proving that he can do well. And it's helping. I will say that, yeah. I will, I will say that, you know, if anything's a, a credit to the coaching of Brad Stevens, it's so the defense that, that Kyrie's been playing. I said last time about this much. Not that I would confuse uh, Kyrie for being, you know, all defensive first team, but he's definitely like right now he's playing above average defense, and certainly you know Isaiah even on this team with Brad Stevens was was never accused of that. I I, I think right now he's like he's uh, up near the top in, in, of the league in, in steals. He's up near the top of the league in deflections. He's playing good defense. I, I feel like the Celtics overall, the Celtics overall are number one in defensive efficiency. Uh, I was talking about their bench last night and how. Uh, you know, like those guys are, are not very good in terms of scoring, but you know, defensively that bench is like as good as any uh, bench in the league. And you know, guys that again they pulled out of nowhere like Semi Ojale and like Ice and, and guys like that are playing defense. Even though I, I like don't really like them on the other end, but like they can completely shut people down on that mm, end. Right. I, like, I think They're bigger guys. Probably... That's the thing. They're bigger guys that are athletic and can play some defense. I think they were great pickups for Danny Ainge. They've sort of shifted their their mentality a little bit because they know that they have Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford on the other end that are going to score, and then you throw in Tatum and Brown. You can get these kind of role players that are just going to be defensive-minded guys that can get a couple of uh, a couple of cleanup buckets here or there. Aaron Baines is one of them as well. I think they need one more scorer off the bench. I was talking about this last night in, my, in, in the post game, just because I look at that lineup out there and it seems like, like if Smart is not on offensively, then they sort of have their little lull during the period of time. And I think it'll change later on in the season when Brad Stevens, you know, goes to a tighter rotation and doesn't play sort of the five-man bench unit he's playing right now. But I, I do think they need another scorer. I, like, what, how would you feel about the Celtics maybe taking a shot at Okafor? 
I was talking about this last night. I'm curious. I might as well throw it out there to you. No. Does, do you hate it? Does it repulse you? Does, does it disgust you? I, I just I've experience? never liked Okafor. I've never liked Okafor's game. I've always when when the the discussions were that they were looking to trade for him a couple of years ago. I just didn't understand what how that would make them better at the time. I still don't really understand it. But that being said, Brad Stevens finds a way to make everybody look good, in my opinion. Um, he, I mean, even Tyler Zeller looked like he was a, a guy that could play basketball in the NBA consistently uh, under Brad Stevens in the few minutes that he got. For whatever reason, this guy gets the most out of his players. And, I mean, getting a guy like Okafor, I'm sure that they, they could make him look pretty good. Uh, but I would rather they wait to sort of see what, what happens. I mean, now now that Greg Monroe has gone to Phoenix and he's going to get bought out, people are trying to throw that out, out on Twitter that maybe he'll come to the Celtics. I just – I don't think they should rush into anything, and I think going after Okafor now uh, is, is a little bit of a rush. Going after Greg Monroe right now would probably be a little bit of a rush. I'd rather them wait and see if they can find a way to, to trade for somebody later or pick up a, a, another player a, after another round of buyouts happens later in the season because I just I like what they're what they're doing right now. I like the way they're playing. Obviously, they're they've won nine in a row. How can you not like the way they've been playing? They almost lost to Atlanta, but just the fact that they figured out a way to win that game when it, it seems as though in in years past. Uh, they may have found a way to lose the game is encouraging, especially when Kyrie Irving was the one that led the way. And the big knock on Kyrie Irving coming to the Celtics and leaving LeBron James is that he couldn't be the leader. So if he's building that ability to be the number one guy on a good team early in the season, that, that's not going to hurt them in the long run. It can only help. Really, I watched that game because I did, I did the post game. That was a you know third game in four nights scenario where uh, they were just they just didn't have it defensively. I, like, I was not worried about that game at all, but you're right. It was impressive that they pulled it out. Uh, my only thing with Elroy, like, what if you brought up Monroe? It's like, because I, I sort of feel like he could be there in Monroe. Like, guy, yeah, he doesn't play defense, but, like, could he, he can come off that bench and be that guy with those other guys who are, yeah, he doesn't play defense, all those other guys do. I I don't know. I just, I could see him working out there. Not that you would give up. The other thing about it is, is, you know, nobody's offering the 76ers anything from this guy. You could probably get him for a second-round pick at this point. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it might be worth it, but I guess you're you're not with me. That well, no, sense. I mean, if but they can get him for for something decent, then fine. But if they're yeah, if they're peeling off a couple of pieces at the bottom of the roster, then I guess I'm okay with that. But, I mean, if they're going to deal away one of these guys that's already shown a little bit of promise, Ojale and, and Tice for – example like you just mentioned then I, I'm, I don't know if I'm sold on that because I'd rather have some guys that show a little bit of promise in the system already than a guy that I have not liked at all in his first couple of years in the league give, give up Shane Larkin he's not any good sure give up Shane Larkin <laughs> there you go. fine yeah. well he needs a point guard right <laughs> there you go yeah Oh, man. Anyway, Calvin, uh, we have a caller that has been on the line okay. for a few minutes here. It's not Nick Gelso. Is it Sam? Uh, the, the it, other is Sam. it is not Sam. It is not Sam. 
it is the 401 area code, which I do believe means it is our old buddy Hector in Providence. What's going on, 401? How are you? Hey, guys. There he What's is. Up, Hey, as I'm uh, waiting for the bus outside, uh, outside of a bar, it's raining, it's cool, it's fall. But uh, oh, yeah, it's here, man. <laughs> it is what it is. I I hate the hot weather, anyways. I don't mind the cool. But anyways, um, how about them Celtics, huh? <laughs> it's been a great uh, few weeks, especially especially since the. Especially since I was at the home opener last month and everything. I'm sure you guys have seen. Well, I'm sure, Rory, you've seen the pictures of me at the at these games. I don't, I don't know. But, you know, just seeing what this team is going through right now, you know, I could not be any more happy. You know, obviously, I think, let me, let me say it like this, all right? Kyrie, yeah, you know, he has this uh, the ability to be like a scorer and you know do what he needs to do. But for the team to be successful as they've been over the this nine game winning streak, you know we don't need him to score thirty plus points. Now in instances like last night against the Hawks, obviously he came through with you know an almost he scored like thirty five points in the game and that got the season to win in a tough game um, against the Hawks, but. You know, we've seen so far what this team can do overall. <clears throat> we've seen basically, you know, Kyrie do his thing. Al Horford has had somewhat of a renaissance year so far. Uh, guys like Tatum and Brown have been stepping up big time. Uh, Marcus Smart has been stepping up big time. And then you have guys like Baines and Daniel Tice and um, Semi Ojale. That's his name. Yep. That's how you pronounce the name. Yeah, you yep, know, you, you got it. Yep. A lot of <clears throat> yeah, you've seen basically, you know, the best players and the role players doing their jobs to quote uh, Belichick. You know, and I cannot yeah. be any more happy with this team. You know, so far, Hector, it's it's funny. That, it's funny you mentioned Belichick, man, because just uh, after that that game. Not not the uh, Atlanta game, but after the game on Sunday, I was listening to to Brad Stevens post post game, and I mean he was he, he was sounding basically like Bill Belichick, and I think that more and more every every year that he is here in his press conferences, it's not that he's not giving you information because I think that he, that's the difference between the two of them. They both give or they they both have that that monotone deadpan. Uh, tell it to you straight type of mentality, but Brad Stevens gives you more information about the team and his insights than Bill Belichick does. But as he goes on, it seems like he's sounding more and more like Bill. So I'm wondering down the line, is it going to be a a situation where we're not really hearing much from Brad Stevens? But I think for now, when you, when he talks, you should listen because He seems to be a great basketball mind, and as long as he doesn't clam up like Bill does, I think he's got a lot to to tell people. And uh, I'm just looking forward to having him around for the next at least four or five years, hopefully longer than that. No, I definitely see I definitely see Brad Stevens being here, you know, long you know long term, at least the next decade or so. 
decade plus. Um, obviously, what he re- what he really wants more than anything is a championship. Obviously, he missed that twice in college. Uh, he wants that in the he wants that in the pros. He wants that in the NBA. He wants that he wants to be coaching an NBA championship caliber team, which he somewhat has right now. Except, you know, if only Hayward was was healthy and everything. But obviously, this is just a small sample size. It's 11 games into the season, so we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, but you know, hopefully, with this type of mentality that they have, and you know, just trying to not fo- not look ahead to certain opponents and certain teams. Obviously, tomorrow you got the Lakers. I wouldn't. Yeah, they may be crappy this year, but I wouldn't look past them. You know, one thing that's going to be an automatic win. The Celtics need to buckle down, plan ahead, execute, do what they've been doing so far during this winning streak, and, you know, that will go a long way as to, you know, the success of the team. Um, All right, Hector. I'll, I'll, I know. I'm, yeah, one one last point. I'll be, at, I'll be at some more games this year. Matt, hopefully I see you at a game. Nick, hopefully I see Gelso at a game. Obviously I'll see Amanda Flugrad again. As you guys already know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. It's all about all right, just dude. progressing and everything. All so, right, man. Well, thanks for okay. calling in. We appreciate you listening and all that. And uh, yeah, next time, next time you're up here, I'll try and shoot down. I know you you're usually sitting downstairs now or something, but uh, yeah, get get yeah. us all together. Maybe we can meet up for for something before or after a game or something like that. Let us know when you're going to be around, alright? Alright, there he goes. No problem. There he goes. Hector down in Providence. Uh, Calvin, you mentioned Chris. the Lakers. That sounds like a great segue yeah. to what we were going to talk about as far as tomorrow night is concerned. We were going to touch on that really quickly. So before I let you give your little uh, soliloquy here about the Lakers, I'm curious what you think the matchup between Kyrie Irving and Lonzo Ball is going to look like tomorrow night because ESPN is dubbing it Lonzo Wednesday, which makes me want to puke. And uh, I just, I feel like Kyrie Irving has been on a mission to prove people wrong. And if he is at all aware of who the point guard is on the team across from him tomorrow night, then he's going to try and lock down Lonzo Ball. So, First of all, is Kyrie Irving capable of locking down Lonzo Ball? And second of all, do you think it will happen, or is Lonzo Ball going to have a, a good game against the Boston Celtics in, in the Boston Garden? Uh, yeah, well, for, first of all, Kyrie's not going to guard Lonzo, and Lonzo's not going to guard Kyrie. So, it's like, Lonzo Ball is 6'6". Six, six. I, don't, I don't know if you know this. It's like, hmm. uh, Mm-hmm. But Kyrie may guard like here's the thing. If if Lonzo Ball has a bad game and he and he might, it's gonna have very little to do with uh with Lonzo Ball. I mean, I mean with Kyrie Irving specifically, because the, the Lakers are as egalitarian a team as I've ever seen in my life. Like they basically have you know five players who average around 15 points. Uh, they take turns taking shots. Since Kuzma's been in the starting lineup the last couple of games, and I know like you're probably sick about hearing about him, but like he's been awesome uh, since Nance got hurt. So, Brandon, the Lakers are even taller than the Bucks. I know the Bucks get all this credit for being this team, you know, with a bunch of six guys or whatever. They're an even taller basketball team than the Bucks. Brandon Ingram is basically a seven-foot-tall shooting card. Kyrie, like. 
I read will guard Lonzo to a degree, but Lonzo well, doesn't triple the Lonzo plays like you know, takes a lot of off ball jump shots that granted don't go in, but if but if they go in or don't go in, it's I, I don't see how Kyrie has an effect on that one way or the other. And as far as the Lakers being crappy, they're not as crappy as you think. They're, well hold on a second. Yeah. Who's who's your who's the smaller guard than Ball then? Who's out there with it? Clarkson? I mean I mean Clark, Clarkson and Ball play together uh, okay. a fair amount, even though Clarkson doesn't start. In that scenario I would imagine Kyrie guards Clarkson because he's He's actually more of a traditional point guard type. He actually, when, they're, when they're both out there, even though he's not in terms of mentality, but just in terms of, like, dribbling and whatnot, he is. Uh, okay, Lonzo's but, I, like, I mean, it's it, who's who's he guarding as opposed to Lonzo Ball if it's just a regular starting lineup and, and Clarkson's not on the floor as well? I don't understand. If he's not guarding Ball, who is it? I guess technically he'd be guarding Ball, but, again, the, 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 the offense of the Lakers run I, it's it's hard for me to imagine like Kyrie's going to be spending too much time on him. I I, I guess I'm I'm thinking back to the Lakers Wizards game where uh, like Marcin Gortat went on Twitter and, and like John Wall and they both sort of talked crap about Lonzo and it was fine and but you know you know John Wall didn't have a great game but but he and Lonzo it it wasn't nearly as one on one as you might let it on like Lonzo doesn't really play a one on one game so it's hard it's hard for me to see. Like them getting sort of into that back and forth, Lonzo, and especially because Lonzo is also more of a, a team defender type anyway. It's like he, well, you know, so, he so is Kyrie Irving, really, yeah. as far as a team defender is concerned, isn't he? Because he's more. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of Kyrie Irving trying to sort of trap Lonzo Ball into bad passes and things like that, and and because you've seen uh, him picking off passes and sort of laying in wait and and jumping on balls in, in recent weeks. Or in recent games, I should say, because he's he was leading the league in steals at one point. I don't know if he is right now, but I mean, I'm thinking more along the lines of that. Just what we've seen from Kyrie Irving, he looks like he's on a mission to prove that he can play defense. And uh, what better time than to than to go against Lonzo Ball and try and force some turnovers in that regard? He's he's actually probably more likely to guard Caldwell Pope. I forgot about him. Yeah. Okay. Caldwell Pope's a little smaller than Lonzo. Uh, I, I would imagine that would be the case based on style. He actually even dribbles probably right, a little well, bit more than. I'm really curious to see what happens here when Clark, especially when Clarkson is not on on the floor, because um, I just I I feel I feel like the NBA loves to play that matchup game and say, oh, this is the matchup for the night, and this is yeah. this is what it's going to be, and, it, and if it well. pans out, then it should be pretty intriguing. It should be a good matchup. But if it's what you're thinking. If, what you're saying it's going to be, then maybe ESPN does not have the game that they are looking for. I'm actually more I'm more interested in the Jason Tatum versus Kuzma matchup. To be completely honest with you, they're both six nine rookies who uh, you know have a really good handle and they're they're really sort of intriguing defensively. They're both they they I don't want to say they look alike, but they just in terms of like their their physical form, they're both on the um, lighter skinned guys with like long arms, long legs, six nine, really skinny and, and sort of that lanky frame and both have long strides, both have fadeaway uh shots and I feel like both are good with either hands. I that comparison to me is much more interesting than some sort of Lonzo Kyrie man. I feel like because because of Lonzo's dad, I just had to hear over and over again these manufactured matchups that like uh, that don't necessarily apply. To, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm he's the worst. 
Kuzma Tatum, though. That's intriguing to me. Okay. Well, then yeah. I will keep an eye on that one as well. Uh, we'll have to see if Jason Tatum continues to, uh, you know, be consistent in his rookie year here. He's he's basically shown up every night, and that's impressive for most rookies. So I guess I can't really say the same for the Lakers because they have so many players that are, uh, well, actually, I guess the Celtics have more rookies than the Lakers, don't they? Uh well, the Lakers have have three. The Lakers have Kuzma, Josh Hart, and Delonzo. And, yep. uh, and the Celtics have at least four. So I'm missing somebody in the Lakers too. I just can't think of like. But I mean, of, of the guys who play, it's those three. They have another guy. Why am I not sure. being able to think of him right now? They have well, Kuzma, I mean, they have I mean the, the Celtics have Tatum, of course, and I mean, then you're looking at uh, um, just. Uh, Yabaselli, who doesn't really play a whole lot, Tice, who has been playing a bunch, and Ojale, who's cracking the roster as well. So there's there's your four that I'm thinking of for the Celtics. Then they have a couple of other guys, obviously on the on the outskirts of the roster. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, but uh, so you, I, I think uh, if you look at Kuzma's numbers, like they're they're he's shooting even better. He's shooting like 56 percent from the field. He's hitting not quite as many threes as Tatum. But like he's averaging over 15 points a game. He's since they put him in the starting lineup, he's you know got 11 and 13 rebounds. So he's a, he's a comer too. I, just because he's a later pick, I feel like people are maybe people aren't sleeping on him because of the sort of Los Angeles hype around him. But he's lived up to it so far. I'm like lost there to be honest with you. I like it. I like it. Anytime you can take the attention off of Lonzo Ball and his family, I like it. All right. Well, uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun game on Wednesday. I don't expect the Lakers to win. They're they're not there yet. But like I was trying to say, uh, when Hector Man. called, like, like so the, the Lakers are not as crappy as people seem to think. Like, uh, not as crappy as you thought when you when you said that they were going to be mm. one of the worst teams in the in the NBA. I, I don't yes. I don't think they're there. Yeah, maybe, maybe well, you. I've uh, not been watching them, so, so no, I've not been watching them, so I can't comment on it right now. Um, right. Okay, that's fine. But they are five and five. They beat. They've already beaten the Grizzlies, the Wizards, and mm-hmm. the Pistons. Which yeah. It's not. And listen, an I, I was surprised after the first three wins. I was like, all right, well, they, they, there's plenty of time left. They're going to fall off. But five and five is. I mean, I have to backpedal just a little bit. I'm going to slow down a little bit on my Lakers bottom five teams. Uh, and part of that actually has to do with Dallas, who looks like they're about to get a win in Washington, by the way. Um, but, uh, wow, I, I just can't believe it. I think you were right that, that Dallas I might be one of the worst teams in the league. That's that's yeah. a, that's an insightful call by you. <laughs> my, my bottom five is looking strong right now. With the, I mean, Atlanta and Chicago are locks, right, for that bottom five position. So I, I think Sacramento is the one – the one team maybe that, that I did not predict to be in my bottom yeah, five. Yeah, I, I knew that they were going to be really bad. That's my that's, I'm hanging my hat on that one. I've always yeah. thought the Kings roster was horrible, and they just look worse and worse. Yeah, it, it's funny because, uh, I mean, it's clear that Zach Randolph is done now, right? And uh, who's the other guy? They got George Hill. And it looks like he might have just finally aged They're out. They were paying George Hill for sure. And they have Vince Carter get, getting meaningful minutes. Like, really? Come on. So oh, the thing about the Kings is that uh, at the game the other night, and I'm, I'm not getting sidetracked too far here, but my buddy turns to me and he says, I've been watching Vince Carter for the past three minutes. 
He's a traffic cop out there. He's just pointing the rookies where to go. He's telling them where to go. He's teaching them. He's coaching out there on the floor. I'm like, really? That's what they brought Vince Carter in into Sacramento to do is teach these young guys? Maybe that's where they're at, but that's just – to me, it's like un- unbelievable that he, it's, he's a shell of himself and they're rolling him out to be an on-the-floor coach. It's ridiculous. Vince Carter's in his early 70s, man. Cut him some slack. <laughs> like, how much do you get, how much do you get to be supposed to play at this point? He's how old man, I love Vince. Like, That's what I'm saying, yeah. though. I love Vince. There's no reason to bring him and throw him out on the court. Why not just make, make him a coach or something? But I guess they feel like they need him out there. He's just overmatched. It's crazy. So, uh, you know what we do here on the show? We just sort of throw out topics at each other sometimes randomly. Vince Carter, Hall of Famer, yes or no? Quick quick question. Oof, that's tough. I think, yeah, he has to be because it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame, Calvin. So when you, you think about Vince Carter as his, his whole encompassing uh, career of basketball, you have to put him in there. Why? Because he played one year in North Carolina? They didn't win the title with Vince Carter. He was what hyped up, but what about that dunk on Frederick Weiss in the Olympics? He was an Olympic gold medalist. I think I think you got to throw him in the hall. Did he get the gold? I thought he was part of the team that didn't get the gold. Maybe you're right. No, I'm going to check this. I thought Vince Carter was an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, I'm, I'm researching right now. Uh Apparently he did at the 2000 Summer Olympics. You're right. Yes, that's when he dunked on Frederick Weiss. He was that, that he was like yeah. the young kid, and he dunked all over Weiss, and people went crazy Fair. for him. And then later on, Frederick Weiss was drafted by the Knicks, and we all laughed. It was great. All right, that's fine. Uh, honey, there was a trade in the NBA. Eric Bledsoe finally traded from from the set. Yeah, this kind of scares me a little, a little bit. It should scare you. I feel like you should be a little scared. This to me, this trade to me is a huge win for the Bucks. I'm, I mean, maybe it's, I've, I've long sort of been behind Eric Bledsoe, and like I, I think you know knee injuries in the last couple of years have sort of derailed his career a little bit. But uh, even with those knee injuries, he's still averaging like 17 points a game with with Phoenix on a team with you know he's been their best player, still a good rebounding guard. Not quite like the, the insanely good defender he was in his athletic prime, but like mm-hmm. still an above-average defender, still long, which fits right in right into that sort of Milwaukee Bucks scenario. But more importantly, it'll, it allows them to move Malcolm Brogdon off ball, and I really think it like brings balance to okay, a Milwaukee team. Okay, so this is this is what I'm curious about because I. I, I, I Selfishly, I have Malcolm Brogdon on one of my fantasy teams, and I was wondering if he was going to lose his minutes now because they've made this trade. But I was asking my brother about it, and he basically said the same thing, that they're going to play Brogdon at the two, shift Middleton to the small forward, and go with uh, Antetokounmpo and and Son Maker as their bigs. And I'm just – do you think that that's a good thing for Brogdon? I mean – it seems to me like that's the best way to go. You don't want to cut his minutes right now. He's a young player that's shown a lot of promise, so you don't want to take him off the floor. But can he make that shift back to the two here? Yeah, because Brockton's not their point guard now. 
This is why I don't think it'll, that it'll be a problem at all for them. Like, Giannis is their point guard. Like, Brogdon, there's going to be some time that Brogdon actually ball, like handles the ball. He's a, he's their point guard defensively. He's not their point guard offensively. I don't know. He plays off the ball anyway. He does all kinds of catch and shoot. Yeah, he's a secondary ball handler, which he still will be with Eric Bledsoe out there. I, I don't expect it to be a problem at all. Honestly, and plus Brogdon's six six, he can defend twos just as well as he can defend one. And so, and Bledsoe can defend twos too, by the way. So I, I think it just plays right into their switching scheme. If they if they traded for Kyrie, then it, it might be an interesting conversation in terms of like how how it affects Brogdon. But the fact that I, I think Bledsoe is sort of just going to be another piece that can slot right in. But the, I like the question I have like is you know is Bledsoe is Bledsoe going to have a problem playing off the ball a little more? That, that is my only question there, and I don't think that he will just because no. he, he doesn't stop the ball like some point guards. But Listen, it, I think it, Eric Bledsoe yeah. is just going to be so happy to be on a winning team, a team that actually has a chance to do something like and play with a, a, a superstar MVP candidate type of player that he is going to, he's going to be at the top of his game. And um, he had kept his mouth shut for a long time in Phoenix. And I think that he finally got tired of the losing down there and going nowhere and the the benching of veterans to tank towards the end of last year. And he, he got dealt. And you know what? They they did him a favor. They dealt him to a place that it it it's up and coming. They're a team that is on the rise. They are, like I just said, they have an MVP candidate on their roster. Bledsoe should be extremely happy, and he should be playing out of his mind in, in, over the next few weeks and throughout the rest of the season. That's why I'm scared of the Milwaukee Bucks at this point because they just got another weapon to put around uh, on Tedekumpo, and if you can't guard him, what are you just going to try and double team Bledsoe and let Giannis get his get his points? I, I just the Bucks look like they're becoming formidable uh, with. I will say one asterisk, Calvin, and that is Jason Kidd. I still don't believe in Jason Kidd as a coach. I feel like he is going to find a way to ruin playoff series for this team. Multiple playoff series, I should say. And that's what I'm going to stick to. Anyway, that's interesting because we're getting I, off track I, I, I like Jason Kidd. Well, you, you said earlier that uh, – that Greg Monroe might get bought out. I haven't heard that, but I guess that makes a lot of logical sense. Do you do you think the Suns? You know, I granted Ryan McDonough had his back to the wall in this situation, but did the Suns get gaffled in this trade? Like, did, did Milwaukee basically trade him for nothing? Considering the protections on the draft well, pick, and the fact that it, it probably it, it's not going to convey till 2020 or or later, probably. Like, okay, so this is the way I look at it, and maybe I'm wearing the green goggles, and I've listened to Danny Ainge too often, but. And actually, maybe the league is different than it was just a few years ago. Uh, but when Ainge started talking about shopping uh, um, Rajon Rondo, he would say things like, everybody has a point guard. Uh, they they don't need a point guard. Everybody's basically set. There are 28 teams that, that have their point guard, and so there's no market for Rajon Rondo. I feel like the league is somewhat similar to that right now, a lot of teams are set on who their point guard either of the future or of right now is going to be. So there really were only a couple of options for teams that, that needed a guy like Eric Bledsoe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, who else, who else is really going to try and make that move? 
Uh, I mean, I just, I just, I feel a little bit differently about Bledsoe specifically, just because of what I talked about earlier, how he can defend uh, multiple positions. He's a bigger guard. Uh, he, he's not necessarily a ball dominant guard. I feel like a lot of teams could use a guy like that. You know, and, and I know he hasn't been healthy, but like the same way, he, he, the same way teams can use Avery Bradley, teams can use Eric Bledsoe. You know what I mean? Like he's a guy who can who can do oh, sort I, of the I mean, same. Bledsoe's a better scorer than Bradley by tenfold. He is, but at this point, he's probably not the defender Avery Bradley is. But I, I just no. mean like as, as a sort of guy who can fill the holes in what your team does. I mean, that's sort of what I'm saying. I don't necessarily see him as like. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of it. Like, not every team wants Ricky Rubio, for example. But uh, sure. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine like a team not being into uh, a guy like Bledsoe. You're saying, you know, I'm trying to think of teams who like could have used Bledsoe who were good. Shot the top of my head, but the, the Spurs couldn't use Bledsoe. Like, considering where Tony Parker's at in his career. Yeah, I guess that's true. The Spurs definitely could have used Bledsoe. I'm, well, so that, that's that's a really good one actually because I'm I'm looking I'm sort of looking at the list of point guards right now, and uh, I mean, the Spurs are the team that stands out on the list of not really having one, right? As far as the good teams are concerned, um, I don't really see another one of the top teams that's missing a point guard type of player leading I mean, the way. Detroit. You know what I mean? Right, but even Detroit you just said has Avery Bradley who can sort of play that position. Um, I'm just, I'm I'm looking at, I'm looking at kind of an arbitrary list here, but the the top 25 that I'm looking at, there's no Dallas, I guess. Well, if we're talking about teams that are good, right? Or or that are playing good right now. Or or, or Orlando could have used him, right? It's Cleveland. I mean, it's Cleveland, but they have Isaiah waiting in the wings. Orlando's a decent one, but Orlando is also a team that's sort of, uh, I don't really, we talked about this last week. Uh, I don't buy into Orlando. I think they're going to fall off. So, I mean, I guess the Spurs are, are, the, are the pick. The Clippers, I just sort of thought about the Clippers, but I, you know what? That's, I'm surprised the Clippers didn't chase after him. And I'm starting to wonder if, if Mr. Uh, Rivers over there, Doc, is – Sort of, uh, you know, got a little uh, a little family business going on over there. He won't deal for a guy like Bledsoe because it would it would have to include Austin, or it would take minutes away from Austin, or some well, BS like this. I, I just I'm starting to doubt I, I, Doc Rivers over there for for some reason, but that seems like a good fit to me as well. I was pretty unfair when I named the Clippers because because they can't trade any of the guys that they traded. Uh, for, for Chris Paul, so they couldn't trade Pat Beverly back uh, back to Phoenix or the or Lou sure. Williams guys that picked up in that deal. So like you're not gonna have Pat Beverly and Lou Williams and Eric Bledsoe probably. So right. so because of because they can't trade those guys until December 15th, like they probably were never really in the running. But uh, just as a team like that could potentially use, and I guess the, the Pelicans are another team that could use Bledsoe. But you know what do they have to give up? Is sort of Where's Denver? Who's who's Got Denver's point guard. Oh, Murray. Oh, Denver. Den- Denver is definitely a team. If they were yeah. willing, yeah, Denver is a team because Denver is an interesting team to me too because they've sort of been underwhelming so far to start the season a little bit. Uh, I know they 
they brought it back to five to five, but five and five. But like, if you look at their roster, they're they're sort of set in almost every position but point guard, and they have yeah. they have a lot of guys to trade. Yeah, Denver is definitely right. one. Okay, so the, we found a few then. Maybe I'm not. Yeah. Um, maybe there were a few options for Phoenix to, to trade. And the, back to the point ten minutes ago. Um, yeah, maybe they screwed themselves over here. Maybe they could have gotten something better. I guess we'll, we'll never really know. But we just named a few teams that looks that look on the surface like they would be a good fit for Eric Bledsoe. Why why they didn't uh, go after those offers? Who knows? Maybe they weren't even there. Who knows? I mean, they probably weren't, right? Because I, I think, again, it has to do with the same thing with the Shahil Okafor situation where, like, the team sort of gets in a fight with the player, right? Eric Blitzer tweets he doesn't want to be here anymore. And all of a sudden, like, they, the, the Suns have no leverage and they have to take what they can get. I think that's how, that's how it works out, right? Yeah, I guess oh, well. so. Anyway. Anyway. We've we got we, 10 we, minutes left. Uh, I'm, I'm impressed uh, with, with how we, we sort of uh, – made this an NBA show essentially because we don't really have time mm-hmm. to talk about too much else and we have one more well, NBA topic I am I'm fine with that as you know uh, the NFL yeah. stuff to me don't care but uh, go for it let's go well we have another NBA topic so we got to talk about that ah. oh, that's right you mentioned this earlier the, the uh, lowly Chicago Bulls uh huh so really uh, Bobby Portis caved in Nicola Meritage's face his face mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks ago. Miritich has been out ever since. Uh, Miritich's people has, have reached out and uh, said that they will not. He, he wants to be traded and will not return to the Chicago Bulls if Portage is still there when, when he when he gets back. And I, I'm, I'm up, yeah, I I find it interesting too because my my question to you is what do you what do you do if you're the Bulls? Like, do you right now? This is the new NBA, and we, I mean, it, it all ties in together, right? Guys asking to be traded, and then teams yeah. be having to trade them and getting less on the dollar for them because they are they know other teams in the league know that they're trying to deal them off. So to me, to me, it's like if I'm Danny Ainge, I'm picking up the phone. What what do you want? Yeah. What do you want from Miritich? Like, I mean, at least call him. No. Yeah. Or what do you want for Portis, right? I mean, that's that's the Bulls' decision. Ah. Yeah, yeah, you're, gonna, you're, you're probably going to think I'm crazy, but I actually like Bobby Portis more than I do Nicole Mantis. No, 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 I'm not. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think they're both uh, above average to uh, average players, in my opinion. So I don't think it's crazy to like one over the other. They're, they have different styles as well. Miritich has been down the last couple of years. He's he's not been consistent. Portis has been on the upswing. So, no, I don't blame you for that at all. I mean, Miritich is a shooter who can't shoot to me. Portis is a guy who, like, at least who, he has an actual skill set that, like, I can I can figure out what it is, you know? But all that being said, I'm not sure if any of that matters, really, because I don't know if, if – my question to you is, if you're the Bulls, can you allow this guy, Miritich, to determine, like, the future of your team? I realize, look, nobody wants to get Man. punched in the face, right? Where, yeah, so where do you draw the line? You, you remember where we, where we, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of months ago at this point, we were talking about where you draw the line as far as uh, superstars and being able to dictate where you go type of situation. Is it the, is it Kelly Olenek? Does he get to decide where he goes all the time? 
Is it Nikola Mirotic? Where do you draw the line, NBA? Because if the Bulls deal him off, that just it just shows that the players are running the asylum. Well, that's why this entire thing is interesting to me because it's like, well, yeah, where do you draw the line? Where do you? I don't know. Well, like, yeah, do do you allow him to like have a hand in this? And it does does whether or not you move Mirotic depend entirely on like the how reasonable you think his point is, or can you like not allow him to sort of dictate terms to you no matter what? Or if, 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 does he have to be a certain level of good to be allowed to dictate terms to you? Obviously, if, if Bobby Portis had punched LeBron, Bobby Portis is gone, right? Bobby Portis is probably not even on the team like, right. during this. this is all, this is all tying, tying in to the same thing. Like, who, who decides where they can go and when do they decide as a free agent, uh, this is where I'm going to go? Or uh, and, and, is there a line? Who, what caliber of player do you need to be before the organization just says, you know what, we don't care about you. The other guy is, is the one. Or anybody else could be the one. And I feel like both Miritich and Portis would fall under that line. So that when you're the Bulls, it's like, who, oh, which one do we like more? Seems like a tough decision to make, especially if you're calling around the league trying to trade one of them and all the other teams know that you're kind of screwed if you don't. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm the Bulls, honestly, I don't even – to me, it doesn't even matter if I like Miritich more than I do Portis. I would have to trade Miritich just based on the fact that I can't allow, a, like, a player of his caliber to be the one to try to tell me what's up. Like, I, I Portis tried to reach out to Miritich. First, first of all, I guess if I'm the Bulls, the first thing I try to do is, re, is, is contact Miritich and just see if there's any way around to do a workaround. Like, have, you know, Portis ap- apologize. Uh, obviously, we don't know all the details of this story, so and, and how personal it is. But if somebody breaks your jaw and like leaves you on the floor unconscious, I don't even, I, I, I can't even completely blame Mertich. Like, if, if one of your coworkers did that to you, you'd probably have a hard time working with them, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I feel okay. like it would, oh, yes. it, yeah, it'd be one of those things. That, like, it would be hard for me to forgive, even if it was partially my fault, and it might have partially been Mertich's fault from what we've heard. But who knows? But who knows? Like. It probably wasn't his fault to the degree that he deserved to, that sort of fate to have befallen him. So, like, in that respect, I. But but still, if I'm the Bulls, I don't. I'm not sure any of that matters. I just can't. I can't let a guy, a player of Mirage's caliber, just dictating terms to me like that. Because then, it, mm. then you're just gonna have like, you know, you're basically lowering the bar for like other players who aren't the best sort of. Uh, like trying to take a hand in team decisions and yeah, I don't know. To me, you, you better be a superstar if you're going to try to pull that kind of move. So I, if I were the Bulls, I'll be to your gun. You're out. I like it. I, I can't, I can't disagree. I can't argue it the other way just because uh, somewhere, like I've been saying, they, someone's got to, got to put a stop to it. The players can't just run things anymore. They, especially if you're, someone that's a middle-of-the-roster type of player that really, in the long run, doesn't matter if you're on the roster or not, especially for a team that just gutted their entire roster and is trying to rebuild to be a franchise that was once prestigious. So, yeah, you know what? Looking at it that way, dump them off. But that still doesn't get around the fact that teams around the league know that one of these guys has to go so you're not going to get equal value for whatever you're you're thinking either one of them is worth. 
Uh, and in, in that case, then uh, it's just too bad that it went down this way. But the Bulls are going to have to do some master negotiating here if they think that they're going to get anything in return that's of, of any worth. Great. Uh, for Rogier and a late first, yes or no? Uh, I feel like people in Boston would go crazy for that, like in in the wrong way. They would they would think, they, they would like be upset about that for for some reason. Um, I feel like if he's healthy and he's gonna gonna be the type of player that we've seen in the past as a positive, not as the negative, doing nothing type of guy that that he's been for some games for Chicago in the past year or two, he's had flashes of brilliance. If he's healthy and he's strong, then I think that's actually a good deal for the Celtics because they have somewhat of a a log jam at small uh, shooting guard. And with, with all these small guys running around, I wouldn't mind another big guy like Meritage who can knock down a three and grab some rebounds and if his head's on straight, but there have been times where he's just off in the clouds. So, I, I would have a hard time making that deal because you know what you have in Rozier. You have, you don't know if Miritich is going to show up with uh, w- with his head on straight, like I said. I make that deal in a heartbeat. Rozier's going to be a free agent. I, I I don't think that works financially. I just threw it out there for, for fun. But uh, yeah, I, I I feel like you like like you were saying, uh, Miritich fits the roster better at this point, right? Like he yeah. he's sort of the type of guy you don't really have. Uh, Think. So, yeah. But whatever. That's never gonna happen. I just said anyway. that to Phil in the last couple of minutes we had left in the show. So, to have you completely avoided NFL talk this week. How do you like that? Completely avoided NFL talk. I like it. I do. I do like it quite a bit. Uh, except I wouldn't have minded talking about Josh Gordon a little bit. Um, and and of course, my feelings are always with Colin Kaepernick, even though I don't really think that he's gonna win this collusion case. We can talk about this next week. Okay. I hope he does. I hope he does. I mean, it would be fun. Look, if, I, if you're asking me who am I choosing between uh, like a bunch of old rich guys or Colin Kaepernick, then, yeah, I'd like Colin Kaepernick to win. He's just yep. not going to. We'll talk about it next week. Maybe. All right. Oh, not next week because I'm on post game next week. Oh, uh, yeah. find another show what? or something. Either way. Um, Good talking to you, buddy. Thank you all for listening out there. This has been Careless Whispers on CLNS Media. That website pulled out over the next week or two or three or four. Whenever it gets, it does. Make sure you go check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your week. Calvin, talk to you next time, sir. Bye. Talk to you soon, buddy. Great.